This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to You're In Good Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I'm Maddie Guest and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie Dicker. Hello Maddie Guest, how are you today? I'm very well Sophie Dicker, how are you? (laughs) Very good. Super excited today because we are welcoming back Flex Mummy because last week we spoke a lot about sort of her money story and where she sort of developed her thinking, I guess, around money. But this week we're going to get into investing. And I think she has a lot of interesting perspectives about investing. And I think the one key takeaway I took is that you can translate a lot of the lessons that we like speak about today to your own investments. If this is the first time that you're tuning into Your Own Good Company, we recommend, I mean, that you go all the way back to the start, but at least go back to last week's part one of this episode to hear more from Flex. But if not, welcome back and let's get into it. I want to talk about like financial literacy and probably going back to your personal finance Mm. now. When did you first start investing and how do you think you sort of came across it as a thing to do? I don't know. I reckon like I probably got sucked into like raise and, yeah. you know, like having yeah, like yeah. a high, high interest yielding savings account and like putting no money in it and being like, I wonder if this is like doing anything. How old were you? Like, was this like, I how old were you when you were doing 22, this? Yeah, so okay. like six Quite years early. ago or yeah. something. But even then I was like, oh, maybe if I put in $10, it'll make me a hundred dollars. I didn't know. It was yeah. just the optics of it. Um, And I didn't consider myself an investment, like how I was able to say to you earlier, like my return on investment for myself is exponential. It's 50 times, 100 times, whatever, because, Mm. you know, even before, like, when I didn't realize the distinction between me, the person and me, the business and seeing how low my expenses were on a month to month basis, I might spend $500 or a thousand dollars or something. Cause I was like, Oh, well, I'm not going to pay myself. Like it's all the same. No, it's not. But even now, like I remember when I was, when I was talking to, a financial advisor. I was like, let's get into this. Like, what's popping? And he was like, you should do shares. And I was like, okay, cool. So we did like this risk, um, not a risk. It's like a, yeah, a quiz, like a quiz. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. To, 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 I guess, discern what your relationship with risk is and what kind of investor you'd be. And I was like, okay, cool. So I, you know, do the little quizzy thing. And it was like so annoying. They needed all this information. Like how much do you spend a month? I don't know. No, it like stops you a little bit in your tracks because you're like, oh, there's 20 questions. Literally, I'm like adding it up. It's like, how much do you spend on dining out? I'm like, this could have been a big month for me. This could have been a chill (laughs) month. Like, what do you need? I was like, I don't know. Anyway, so I did the quiz and I was like, you know, made up a few numbers here and there. I guesstimated 
But by the time I got to the end, he's like, okay, so you, you seem like a balanced investor. I was like, that doesn't sound like me at all, but whatever. <laughs> no one's ever called me balanced before. Literally. <laughs> so, um, so he's like, so based on this, I recommend, he was like, I think you should put like 60K into a variety of shares and then you get a 3% return. I was like, 3%? What is there's bank accounts? Yeah, yeah. What is three (laughs) percent? Like, I thought we're going to look at like twenty, thirty percent. I'm like, what? I could start a business tomorrow and get a return on that investment, like in the next month. Mm. What do you mean three percent? And he was like, well, you know, like the industry you're in, like it's really fickle and la 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 la. And I'm like, yeah, but like, like you're sixty k to just chuck in here to make three percent on it. And like he was like, and then every year you'd put in like a similar amount. I don't have that to put in every year to make 3%. And he couldn't fathom because for, for him, he's like, your lifestyle is not conducive to long-term wealth. And I was like, that's where you're wrong, babe. You don't get the vision. Um, so that was the- Did you stick with this financial advice? Yeah. Not at all. I was going to say. Not at all. Like I'm like, you do not experience. get it. And I, I really feel like- I feel like people use the word vibe to not articulate themselves or to remain ambiguous, but I'm like, the vibe wasn't there. Yeah. And I worked with enough people who understand the vibe yeah. who I don't connect with. Like, for example, my builders in Hobart, like it's two random, like young dads who get the vibe. <laughs> I send them an image like, yeah, yeah, we get it. Like, do you want like the squiggles? I'm like, yeah, for sure. He's like, great. Should we also like paint the air conditioning? Like, yeah, we'll do that. They get the vibe. <laughs> yeah, nice. So there was that, right? And so it was like rays or whatever. And then I remember all throughout my um, high school years and my early, earlier 20s, <laughs> my mom was like, you should get a house. And I was like, I don't understand how a house is an investment. Like if I have to save and adjust my lifestyle to get a lump sum of money to put it into this thing that's going to cost me more money, where is the investment? Couldn't do it. So didn't do shares, didn't do stocks, didn't do, uh, I was like, I can't get a house. And I was like, I'll do crypto. That seems like legit. (laughs) Were you influenced by Frooms at all? Of course. Of course. I was like, Frooms and every like skater artist at the house party was like, you're not, you're not in crypto. And I was like, you're in crypto? What kind of money are you making from your artwork? And I, and I remember doing a bit of research and overwhelming consensus was like, don't put in what, what you are not afraid to lose completely. And I was like, okay, cool. So I put in like 2000 and then 3000 And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I was like going up, going down. But I was having fun with it. You know, yeah. I was investing in altcoins. I was like, this is like going up. And I was like, wait, how do I even take this money out? And then I was like, 50% tax. <laughs> Leave it. Like, I don't need this money that badly. And then it got up to like 10K. And then, you know, now it's at like... A dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Has that, has that taught you something though about investing? Like that whole crypto journey, like you wanted obviously these massive gains, you're yeah. excited about it, but now it's dropped completely. Well, I think it just felt like gambling. And I was mm. like, I see what is happening here. I see that people are really trying to, um, it's like that scarcity mentality or the urgency factor of telling people, if you don't do it now without the literacy, yeah. without the security, you'll miss out completely. And like you, you like Bitcoin was at, you know, $4 10 years ago. And these people are millionaires and like, that could be you, but you waited until you're like, yeah. and I feel like everyone just needs their North star. Yeah. You know, like we cannot do everything well and you at a bare minimum, comprehension is required. Yes. And so like now I just stick in my lane. I understand how to run businesses. And so that's where I will get my longer term investments. And it's not just starting them from the ground up. It's acquiring them. It's investing in some like this makes sense to my brain. And I also can add value to ensure that my investment has a positive return. So when I am seeking out a business, let's say it's like 
a jewelry business. I'm like, well, hello, like I can be a marketing channel. I can yeah. be, you know, a creative channel. I can do all of these things and ensure that this investment will work in my favor. That makes sense to me. When I got my house in Hobart, that was like my big girl traditional investment because yeah. what was I doing? Like I bought, a, I bought a new car. It's like, okay, I get it. Like it depreciates when you drive it off the lot. Okay. But it had heated seats. So you would do it too. You would do it too. I don't like heated seats. You don't like, like it? Like what? Read my oh, my God. oh, I love, love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's push to start. It's like yeah, it's panoramic was. sunroof. Like what was I meant to do? What was I meant to do? I love um, <laughs> but so, um, with my house in Hobart, I remember a good friend of mine had moved to Hobart like five years ago. She got headhunted to work at the Mona. I was like, oh, like, and this is like nice. a city girl. Like she's a city material girl. She's not like a small girl. town girl. So I'm like, yeah, well, you're moving there? She's like, yeah, like I'm just going to like give it a red hot go. She moves there. She buys a house. I'm like, what's going on? What's going you're on? You're becoming an adult really quickly. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, slow up. down. <laughs> like I haven't even visited yet. She buys this house. She shows me. I'm like, well, why is it so inexpensive? And she's like, oh, you know, la, 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 blah, 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 whatever. So when I was looking for a house I wanted to buy, I was like, here's the thing that I know for sure. This will not be an investment unless the land value increases in some way. Great. Well, according to the planet, there might not even be land to invest in the future. It might be underwater in five years. So I, you know, not really banking on that. And so I found that my, uh, my research moved from like, what vibe do I like to like, what is the smartest place for me to buy this hunk of, you know, I think that's so smart. Like you look at people buying in the city, for example, and, you know, people want to live close to their workplace and whatever else. But over COVID, you had a lot of people buying in the outer skirts of, you know, where we are at the moment in Melbourne, Mm -hmm. closer, you know, to the country. And that kind of area that, you know, I have friends who are like, well, that's the only place I can afford, but hoping that it'll go up at a higher rate compared to buying in inner city Melbourne where it's so expensive. Literally. And there's hope and then there's like a little bit of research you could do, right? So yeah. when I was looking around and I was like, okay, so what like how how much is the land value increasing in these areas that I feel like are really aspirational? Everyone's like, buy the cheapest house in the most expensive neighborhood. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to have to change my lifestyle and start scrimping to live in a mold infested water damaged oh. terrace. Yeah. I don't want to do it. So then I was like looking around Australia and I was thinking about I can't afford the place I want to live in yeah right like hands down like I can't afford like the newly renovate cool art deck. Like, it's not happening and so I was like okay am I going to spend a big hunk of money to live in a place I don't really like and so I was like well what are my other alternatives and I was like oh, I could rent vest but I was like what what is I'm still paying for a mortgage or whatever so then I was looking in Hobart because I like Hobart and I was like, this could be cool. And I was like, well, wait a second. These houses are like $300,000. I'm like, this is absurd. This is like three years ago or something ish. Yeah. yeah. 300,000. I was like, this is wild. Like they've got so many options, but I'm like, you know, let's look at the cost of living. It's low, but like, what are the work opportunities? I mean, I work online predominantly, so I'm all good there. It's like, you know, the schooling education, the schooling system's like not great. It's like, okay, cool. Like hospital's not great. Like, okay, cool. Like I'm healthy. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, we'll just leave it for a sec. And then I check on it in 2021 and the same houses that were going for 300,000 are going for 800,000. I said, excuse me, excuse me. Is that like a 20% year on year? Yeah. Um, then I started looking closely and I was like, i got to get in here. This is where we're talking. And then, you know, you see these articles come out that say that Hobart or Tasmania broadly and Norway and New Zealand are some of the most climatically sound places to live. It's like, okay, great. And also I was trying to make a decision for future me. I was like, current me, I don't want to live anywhere but where I am. I don't want to feel tied down or like I'm attached to an idea that I had really – like a flippant idea. And I think yeah. all my ideas are quite flippant, but then they just have longer term consequences like a mortgage. So in this instance, I was like, okay, 
I had to make a pros and cons list because I was like, this is a big girl investment and it's not even an investment yet. Like at this point, it's just, it's, it's a liability. It's, it's more money to go in what's coming out from it. So looking at rental prices, I'm like, maybe it can be a holiday house. I'm like, do you need a holiday house? I'm like, I could need a holiday house. I don't know. So I was I like, okay. Speaking. <laughs> I'm always negotiating with myself in my head. So I'm like, at the bare minimum, it's like, it is an investment based on the last two to three years of that land value increasing. Great. Um, it is an investment because it's going to create joy for me and I should be happy. I feel like that's a priority. I knew that I wanted to create a space that was livable for me. Like I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do like a Ikea special, make it as generic as possible so someone else can come and buy it. No, it's mine. <laughs> you need I'm beds. keeping it. Uh, so I really wanted something that, that made, that sparked joy. I was like, I wanted yeah. to feel really good about it, not like a validated. Like yeah. the validation was going to come anyway, whether it was a shack or a mansion, but I wanted to feel good. And then I was like, okay, great. So we've got all the kind of like, the baseline stuff out of the way. I was like, what are the revenue streams for this investment then? Like, how is it going to make me money? Because realistically, like I can afford the mortgage, but I'm like, I'm not, I don't need more expenses. So I had to map out all the different ways I felt like this house could possibly make me money, if any. And it's like, okay, great. We can do a long-term lease. We can do a short-term lease. I'm like, we could definitely do a short-term lease. I mean, I would say a quarter of my audience is like, I wish I could stay in a house like yours. I wish I could just, you know, I don't want to buy that furniture. I'm like, well, you could do that. Like, here you go, you know. I was like, also, I want to create a space that has multifunctions. Like, why couldn't restaurants do pop-ups in there? Why couldn't we collaborate with, you know, local retailers? You know, Hobart is known for the Mona. Why couldn't we host exhibitions in there? I'm like, okay, great. Like, I have a market brain there are ways in which this investment property can actually be an investment for me and can make me more than the mortgage payment (laughs) and so it wasn't until then I was like okay we can do this well I think that's actually really interesting because we've spoken about before like a lot of Australians look at a house like it's an investment because it's like the great Australian dream to own a property but then Maddie read a book recently that was kind of saying why does everyone think this way and it was kind of saying exactly what you said it's that it is a liability for a very long time the longest time (laughs) it's like a it's like a baby yeah (laughs) it's like a baby you can't just get rid of you I mean you You could but you can't really just get rid of it I was always thinking with the house especially everyone's like just you know you know buy the cheapest house in the most expensive neighborhood I'm like yeah but who's gonna buy it like if we can't yeah. afford to buy houses now yeah. and it's like we're scrimping just to get like a little, little something over the line, five, ten years. I mean, Gen Z doesn't want to work, so they're not buying it. Yeah. What, like some cor- is like Google going to buy my house? <laughs> like there's so much going on now that I think is really changing that perception of that we've had for the last decade for the last few decades that property just increases in value it's not yeah. always just gonna do that well especially that in, in in a, inner city areas mm. that we live it's just never going to be kind of the same kind of rate but what I've taken from all of this is that you're a researcher like you really research your decisions before you make them I mean yes and no with the house or with any of like my big adult purchases I just was respecting that I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And this wasn't the time to be flippant with it. This is not like, oh, can I afford to buy that really kooky $500 mirror? It's like, well, if you can afford to buy it twice, yeah, then go and buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's like some like Dave Ramsey 101. This, I was like, well, I need to understand what I'm doing. So, because I can't just back out of it. Yeah. Like I remember Googling or researching that if I was to try and sell my house within the first year of getting it, then my mortgage broker wouldn't get his cut and he'd have to return the, oh, wow. the commission that he made of selling the house to me. 
And I was like, like crazy. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. So like, not Gary, like <laughs> leave Gary out of this. <laughs> so I was like, I'm in it. Like, and, yeah. and I don't want to, like, I'm not here being like, let me chip out away the mortgage and like, let me pay more. It's like, babes, I might die before then. Like, I'm not stressed. But I just didn't want to be like, oh, shoot. Like I fully got a mortgage and now I'm trapped into this decision. Now it's impacting my ability to get a business loan or whatever it might be. It just, I didn't want to get to that point. So I was like, okay, this has to feel like it makes sense, at least just for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I I know when I talk to some of my peers or my friends or my family, they're kind of like, why did you buy in Hobart? Like why, you know, why are you renovating it? Why are you sinking all this money into it before you make anything back? I'm like, because I need to like it. Like I need to feel good about it. I'm still at my core, a creative who wants to be like, creatively satiated by the things that I invest my time into. And it's like, for you, maybe you don't need your house to feel good, but for me, I do. Yeah. Like I'm the kind of person who's like turns a rental into a home. Cause I'm like, I need to live here. Yeah. <laughs> and one year of my life is a long time to be living in what feels like squalor. So I'm not going to do it. Uh, and so with the house, especially, I was like, don't worry about me, people like you, you, cause even this idea of waiting as well. I remember when I was 17 and my mom was like, you know, why don't you look to buy a house? And it was expensive then. And so everybody had everybody gives themselves this privilege of time they don't have. It's like while you're there putting together your pennies to make a deposit, I'm like, have you ever heard of inflation, babe? Like, yeah, <laughs> what is your plan? <laughs> like, so it's like, yes, you can be preparing yourself for an ideal outcome, but when that time comes and things aren't going your way, what's your secondary plan? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I feel like for me there's like translatable lessons. We haven't spoken a lot about property on the podcast, mainly because you know, we haven't really had that experience ourselves yet, but like there, I feel like there's still translatable lessons like to the stock market. We always talk about people being comfortable with your investments, doing your research, taking mm. your time. Like, yes, there are definitely opportune times, but also at the same time, as you said, if you're not well educated in the area, then there's likely you're going to want to back out of the decision that you're making. Yeah. It's all about backing yourself as well, because even this idea of working with professionals, like the financial advisor I told you about, if I hadn't trusted my own judgment, intuition, ability to research, vibe, whatever, then I'd be 60K out, maybe even 100K, 120K now for what realistically, Mm. you know, and being able to be really realistic with yourself as well. Like I knew when I was, you know, 18 working in retail, maybe making like, I don't know, 45K a year or something. And everyone's like, invest, invest. I, I was like, oh my God, like all my friends are saving and I'm not saving. Like, yeah, baby, you don't live at home. And like, you've committed to, you know, going to uni and not dropping out before the census and you're gonna pay your hex like <laughs> you know all of these things that I didn't know um and I feel like sometimes people just get stuck in comparing their coins where they don't like competing where you don't compare everyone so you might be like oh well flex bought a house I want to buy a house babes we're not in the same tax bracket it's not going to work out like I like I don't even want to spend the money I'm spending on that you know like yeah. it doesn't feel good to like we talked about me being a hedonistic spender. Like I don't like spending money. I like having a certain lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. So like, I don't like this idea that like when I got my mortgage, it was a variable rate, you know what I mean? And now, <laughs> now it's gone up a couple percent and I've got to pay more. I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. But you live alone. <laughs> Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So money is still like quite a taboo topic. And Sophie and I often talk about how it's quite weird. Like it's you, you're more likely to hear your friends say, oh, I'm so bad with money or oh, I can't afford anything than be own it and talk about how they're actually good with money or they're making money. How do you think that we can encourage more women to interact with and be positive and really engage with money and I guess investing more specifically? Ooh, I think building your conviction first and your confidence second. Like I feel like, you know, a lot of us feel too old to say we don't know any better. Like What's it's the a difference. Well, okay. I think confidence is like that, like, smiley feeling of self-assuredness when you do something, right? You're kind of like, this feels right. Like, you know, it's like the equivalent of a strut to me. It's like, wow, I feel good. I made that decision. Like you chin <laughs> up, you go and you go and like, that feels right. That's <laughs> confidence. It's almost like uh, it's perceived by people as like this aspirational thing. She's so confident. It's like, it's outward. You're projecting it. Yeah. Conviction, I think is what happens. I mean, by definition, they mean very similar things. If we're talking like English literature, um, but in practice, I feel like, Confidence is very projected and it's easy to be seen and identified by even a stranger walking past you. Conviction, I feel like, is what happens behind closed doors. You, in your own head, in your own mind, with your own neuroses, your own insecurities, deciding in this moment, this is what we're doing. Answering to yourself, becoming accountable to yourself and creating KPIs and your own metrics for success. They don't need to make any sense to anybody else, but you have to choose I think a lot of us are really, I would say, confident that things are going to work out. Like, oh, you know, I've got a job and I'll get a promotion. When that promotion comes, like, I'll, you know, save a little bit more and, like, whatever, I'll get a side hustle. Cool. But while you were, like, you know, patting yourself on the back for feeling good about the possibility of making a decision, you could have made one and stuck to it consistently. And I don't think it looks the same for everyone. Like, I definitely am not an advice giver when it comes to money because I definitely feel like, you know, when I talk to like friends or peers, I'm like, you won't do what I've done to make this money. You wouldn't because while you were there being like, why do you always have three jobs and why are you always working? And how come you didn't have a birthday party this year? And how come you're not coming on holiday? And I was working, I was in the trenches. Okay. Making a check. You weren't going to do that. Right. And even if there was a shortcut, like maybe, you know, make an OnlyFans, you're not going to do that either. So know your capacity and your, uh, abilities to say yes to things that you're going to do consistently. And that's what people are kind of missing out on. It's like, whatever you pick, you have to be consistent in some capacity, maybe not an everyday consistent, but over the course of years, it has to happen. And I feel like, you know, I've had uh, the reason why I can maintain my relationship to money is because with my agency, I created the lifestyle that allows me to maintain that reality. If I was still working in PR, making, I don't know, 50K a year, would I be this abundant? Probably not because my physical reality is limiting how far I can, how much I can make and how far I can stretch my reality because I'm limited by, you know, this quote unquote real job. So I feel like don't worry about confidence, worry about conviction. And I think at the very least, make it make sense. If you need to do a reverse engineered formula, for example, very simple, like, you know, you want to be able to afford two Gucci bags, you know, by the end of the year. 
three months ago, let's say the end of 2023, right? What's a Gucci bag? 5K or something? Maybe. Let's say it's 10K you need to make. Divide it by 12. How many thousand dollars is that a month? Okay, cool. Everybody can really do that. But what people tend to miss out on is how are you going to make that money? Yeah. Like all these ideas, like budgeting and scrimping and cutting the fat and, you know, cutting. No, no. How are you going to make the money? Yeah. yeah. Like that's the thing I think people aren't thinking about. And then realistically, once you make the money, I'm like, babes, what is your tax rate now? Mm. Like when my tax rate was 45%, I was like, what is the point? What is the point? Yeah, I must say, I haven't got to that. Like, I like thinking about how to make it, not where I can cut back, but I haven't thought about it. Because everybody's like, you know, or when people have these, you know, hobbies that pay, kind of like, oh, I'm going to do a little something on the side. I'm going to like, you know, do spray tans to my friends. I'm going to pay me in cash, put in my account. Okay, babe, so that's income you're making. Mm -hmm. Is it even worth, at a certain point, it's not worth it from a tax perspective for you to make more money unless you're going to be a company. Yeah. Because 45% of $100,000 just going to the ATO. That's all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And what I would say to that though is like it kind of seems a little bit daunting and overwhelming. Like if you're sitting and listening and being like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing my side hustle. I feel like it's more just like sitting down, having a bit of a holistic view, being like, cool, that's my day job salary. This is how much I could make on the side. Does that affect my tax? Like does that affect my expenses? And just having like a broad view. It doesn't need to be, for me at least, Mm, if we're talking about our personal conviction, it doesn't need to be in the tiny nitty-gritty of every single thing because otherwise we would have never, for example, started this podcast. But like just having that overview of like, okay, this is kind of what I'm making, this is what I can spend, this is what I can spend it on. I really resonate with that like personal conviction kind of thing because, I mean, we look at our friendship group and our peers and everyone's doing different things, everyone's making different wages and like that should – be able to mean that you can spend the way you want to and you shouldn't judge other people for how they spend their yeah. money. It's just providing yourself some certainty because, yeah. you know, every time I'm sitting like with my CFO, for example, and I'm like, oh, I want to do, like, I want to start this business or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but I just need to understand like how much, like what is our cutoff for how much we can invest in this before it's like we have to stop. Yeah. Right. And so even having that figure, mm. let's say she's like, you can't spend more than a thousand dollars. So figure it out. That's marketing, that's stock, that's website. And until that thousand dollars makes you three, then we can't invest any more money. So, and certainty works in different ways. I think that people don't know that they don't know what they don't know. And that becomes really confusing because you're kind of like, but I'm doing the thing. Like I watched the TikTok. She said to, you know, get a side hustle and then put that away and then use that side hustle to buy stock and whatever, whatever. It's like, cool. But like the stats don't lie. And I just like, it's, I, I see it a lot when I'm looking at maybe someone on TikTok who's like, this is so crazy. Like, you know, yesterday I was just a regular person. And today, like, you know, I sold a bunch of, you know, clothes and, you know, now I've made an extra $3,000 and like, this is so great. It's just money in my pocket. And it's like, no, it's not. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's anyone's individual self to blame. I think we are not literate by design. But I also feel as though there's a lot of personal responsibility on seeking out information. Yeah. Like if it was so simple, why would so many businesses fail? If it was so easy to make money, why would we all be talking about how hard it is to make mm. money? If a house was so much of an investment, go ask your parents what, how much they're making of the house you're living in currently. Yeah. You know, just like make it make sense to you. Don't just learn the verbiage and the lingo and like, you know, talk about it at work because it feels nice. Like understand what is actually achievable for you. And unfortunately in a lot of ways it's it's a little over a long time. Yeah. And people are looking for a lot in a little bit of time. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you want a lot in a little, then it's like, okay, what are your options? Get four more jobs. Speaking of a long time, I heard you ask this on another podcast and mm. I just thought it was the greatest question, so we're bringing it back. What does retirement look like to you? Oh, my God. 
I wish I knew. I feel like I'm picturing you in this like serious like art deco kind of house like and you're having just like all these parties on the weekend with yeah. like, really I want to be like Gatsby. Like, yeah, just, like, that's what I'm picturing. was like what does he do? He's like yeah. just in love. Like, martini. <laughs> Honestly like I definitely I I know that when I retire it's definitely based on a feeling. It's never going to be the amount of money that's enough, but the permission that I allow myself, because right now I always flirt with like, I could, I should do less. I could just have one job and focus on whatever. But I'm like, no, because also it is such, it is such a, um, a privilege to be able to, to work in the way that I work. I would be so stupid to shoot myself in the foot for a little bit of ease at mm. this time. I'm like, babes, stop it read a book, you know, get some downtime on the weekend and get back to work. All right. (laughs) We have money to make, but it's a feeling I want to have or permission to have this feeling. Like I imagine myself, you know, walking down a boardwalk in a, like, I don't know, a cafeteria, maybe a Camilla one. I don't know. Cute little, cute little Birkenstock with six Pomeranians. And everyone's like, Hey Flex. I'm like, Hey sweetie, how are the kids going? (laughs) I was like, yeah, good. They're like, Hey Flex, do you have a second to chat? I'm like, yeah, what do you need? I'm starting this new business. Yeah. Come, you know, meet, meet me at the office. I'm there for the first time in three months. We'll have a quick chat then. (laughs) Like it's, it's this like, it's this feeling of like doing everything and nothing. Yeah. And not being impacted by money at all. And I feel like right now, even though I have I know that I'm able to make money, there still is this kind of like uh, this need to stay on the hamster wheel because I'm like, but it could be a fluke. Like yeah. 10 years isn't a long time. Like what if it all just disappears tomorrow? Like yeah. what if I – it needs to be like so certain and I think I won't feel really certain about stopping work or retiring or slowing down until my money makes money in a way that's actually physically materialised, not just like – my return on investment is myself because I don't want to sell myself forever. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, that's why we're investing because our money is making money. Literally. <laughs> and, and it's finding other avenues to do that in an abundant way, not in like, well, if I acquire that business, it's not technically, a, you know, an expense for the ATO. So like I should start that business. And like there's so many thoughts. Yeah. So retirement will come when it's like running a business is like empty brain activity. When it's like, I like that color for that shirt. Let's make that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's definitely start another business. Have fun. I would just love to see you with six Pomeranians just like walking down a board. Literally. <laughs> Everyone's like, who's that? Oh, that's Flex. <laughs> so then I guess to round it out, the chat today, we're talking about money and investing. What piece of advice, and I know you said you don't give advice about mm. money, but more generally. Hot what, tip. Yeah, well, yeah, and just I guess conversation of someone that's struggling with their money mindset to start investing or start a business or just, you know, worried about giving away that money, what would your piece of advice be for that? Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I would have needed to hear. When you were younger. When I was younger. I think what I would, would have needed to hear is like you're not too prideful to learn. In most cases where you're trying to go, someone's been there before. Right. So whether that's like, I want to buy a house, I want to start a brand, I want to, you know, take a Euro trip, whatever. Someone has done it before. And so it is replicable. You don't need to reinvent the wheel to get to where you're going, but you have to choose and decide and start. I feel like, and you might have that same thing. It's the same friends asking you the same advice six years later. Like, babes, six years ago, I told you this is what the girlies were doing. And today you haven't done anything. So start. That's a big one for me. And I think the other thing is like, you have more time than you think and less time than you think. And it's up to you to decide which mindset is going to motivate you more and pick it. So for me, I'm always like, I have less time than I think because 
a lot of what I'm searching for is enjoyment in my like professional pursuits and ease and leisure. And it's not easy or leisurely to have employees and pay their taxes and to work with external clients and work to big budgets. And that's not easy or simple or leisurely. But I'm like, I've got less time than I think in terms of how much capacity I can give to this. So I'm like, right now I can psych myself out. I can put my head down. I can do the work and it's okay. You might think you have more time than you think. If that's the case, go for it. Chill out a little bit. It's not going to make sense until it makes sense. Just don't worry about it for a second. But like flipping between the two states of mind is so debilitating and it's not helpful at all. So just like pick one and you can change your mind later, but for now, like you have more time than you think, chill out for the next week. And the next week when you have less time than you think, <laughs> then make a plan and not one that you have to stick to. Like as like for me personally, I'm not a big, I'm a big pitch person. I'm like, whatever we, I'm bouncing around to get to where I need to go. But I think the gift that I have is uh, I'm an executor. So I act on my ideas. All good ideas have a shelf life, whether you're like, oh, I'm going to have a little market stall. I'm going to invest or whatever it might be. I'm going to marry rich. Great. But it has a shelf life. You need to act on it quickly or not at all. <laughs> so you're marrying rich. You got to really act right Honestly, now. <laughs> I really thought I had it in me. I'm like, this is harder than you think, babes. It's really hard. <laughs> I'm on the lookout though. You want to find, you know, a six figure tech bro. I'm like, he probably still is in uni, you know, until he's 28 living at home and you don't want to date him. Maybe you need yet, to. Anyway. <laughs> no, I like that. I think it's a good frame of mind to have. I feel like when I'm working, I have like the less time, but when I was on holiday recently, I'm like, I have all the time mm. in the world to whatever I want. It was yeah. such a, I said you said don't flip, but that was a really No, good you flip. can flip. My mum was my mum my mum always used to say this quote, stay in your own lane. She used it in heaps of context, but it's like we all have these lanes that we've carved out, right? Whether yours is made of cement, it's made of bitumen, whatever it is, you've carved it out, you know what it looks like. Everybody knows when you're leaning over too far into a territory that is not yours. Like I see it a lot of the times where I'll have friends or peers be like, I want to make a quick money. I'll be an influencer. And I was like, okay, I want that for you too. But you just try it for a week and let me know yeah. how you go. They come back a week later. Nobody's looking at my videos. Nobody's commenting. <laughs> la, 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 la. And I'm like, okay, so what do you do now? It's just too hard. Okay, cool. So you've tried it, but understand what your lane is and do it. I always know I don't compete where I don't compare. And so like, yes, I'm an influencer, but I started 10 years ago when it was acai bowls and bikini pictures. I couldn't do that. So I qu very quickly had to pivot. Not all of us are going to become, you know, big figure babes from working in an office job. Some of us will. Some of you might be CEOs, you know, CFOs, something, right? So figuring out what your lane is and whether that lane is articulated by a feeling, a vibe, you know, a destination, whatever. But you have to know what it is and then just iterate, replicate, iterate, replicate, iterate, replicate. That's what producer Sash says to us. She's like, make your content once and then use it seven times. Yeah. <laughs> replicate, replicate, replicate. <laughs> well, Flex, thank you very much for your time today. Pleasure. It's been an absolute joy chatting with you. And if you are listening and you do want to hear more from Flex, you can visit Flex and Frooms True. 3 till 4 on Cater every day. Yeah. Monday to Friday. So go and check it out. It is Seriously good listening. Yeah, it's and hilarious. It's if good. you're not based in Sydney and can't get Cater, you can listen to the podcast version. Yeah, it's all online. No, thank you for your time, Flex. If anyone wants to find out more about any of your bio, whatever's in your bio, <laughs> where, do you, where do you send them? Just go to the website. You'll find me if you want to. I'll be on your TikTok page. I'll be on the billboard while you're driving to work. Yes. You'll see me. <laughs> I'm around town. <laughs> 
Well, thank you very much. We'll catch you soon. Oh, it was just such a fulfilling chat, both of those chats. I really, really, truly enjoyed speaking about money and investing with Lex. She's so generous with like her stories and the way that she really lets you in. I'm feeling very fortunate. Off the back of that conversation, I feel like there was a lot more to talk about. We were really lucky to sit with Flex for another 20 minutes. So if you have thoughts and feelings about today's episode, please come and chat to us. We love chatting with anyone about anything money or investing. Find us at YIGC Podcast on Instagram. Yeah, there was just still so much to unpack. I feel like the two of us could talk about this forever. So join us on Facebook at YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. We love chatting about this. So if you've got thoughts, if you've got opinions, bring them and give them to us and we'll break it down. And if you enjoyed listening today, please send it to a friend so that they can enjoy too. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Catch you then. Bye. You're in Good Company is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of You're in Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit MFM.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.